Our text this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Hear now the word of God. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into that boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning with coals, there with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Amen. Amen. Friends, I know we've talked about this text before, but in the post-resurrection, in the post-Easter season that we are in, I thought it was important to look at the disciples and their fishing trip, and specifically about Jesus calling to them from the shore. Because I think it was a very interesting text and something that I wanted to dive a little bit deeper in. In the uncertainty after resurrection, and after Jesus had come to the disciples and had left them again, the disciples then were, were kind of listless. They had gone back to Galilee, and one day Peter says, let's go fishing. The other disciples say, okay, we'll come with you. They fish all night long and don't catch a single fish. They, they are waiting and listlessly waiting all night for these fish to be cat, catched. And all night they, they're awake, they're waiting, they're, they're hopeful. They keep checking the nets, there's nothing there. They keep going on Facebook and looking for news, and there's nothing there. And then finally, after daybreak, the stranger out on the shore calls out to them and says, why don't you put the net on the other side of the boat? Now, I wasn't there, but I have to imagine that Peter um, and the sons of Zebedee, the the fishermen among the group were probably scoffing at the stranger telling them how to fish. How dare he tell us how to fish? He doesn't know what he's talking about. We're the ones who've been in this boat all night. There's, there's no fish around. 
this guy who's standing on the shore doesn't even have a boat. He doesn't even have a fishing rod. It's it, He doesn't know what he's talking about. He probably has never been in this, the sea. It's not like it's another fisherman like o- over by the trees that is pulling up fish and the disciples can see it. This man says, you're, you're fishing on the left side of the boat. Pull out your net and put it into the right side and then you will catch fish. And again, I think it's my my denial, my incredulity, my, my, my questions that I have that, that I read this text and I, I put myself in the position of the disciples and I wonder, I wouldn't listen to a stranger on the shore telling me how to fish. I'm the fisherman. I know how to fish. I know that I put the, the net over here. And if there are fish on the right side of the boat, that they'll get caught in the net on the left side of the boat. I know that it's not that far away that this guy probably has no idea what he's talking about. We're not in church, and, and normally I, I would look at you and, and call out your professions, but, but I know that there are people among us who are watching this, this video that we're parents and grandparents, we're teachers and electricians, we're, we're farmers and accountants and chefs. We come from all walks of life, and I used to work in computers, I used to work in, in IT, and I wonder if, if someone outside of my company were to come to me and say, Jesse, you're doing that wrong. Jesse, that's not how you're supposed to do IT work. That's not how you're supposed to how you're supposed to change that password or set up that computer. That's not how you're supposed to do the work of a teacher or do the work of an electrician. I think if if any of us had that, if if someone came out and told us, and I don't mean my boss, if my boss told me what to do, I'd I'd probably listen. But if somebody else completely unconnected from the company came to us and said, that's not how you're supposed to teach. That's not how you're supposed to to, to um, spread the books. That's not how you're supposed to, uh, you know, cut a fish or whatever the, whatever the job or the skill is. If a stranger came up to us and said, you're doing it wrong, I'm very proud. I don't, I don't think I would listen. If it's a stranger from shore, I don't, I don't know if I'd listen. I'd probably ignore it. How can someone outside of the organization know what they're talking about? How could someone outside of the boat know what they're talking about. How could someone who's not even fishing, he's not even on the sea, know what he's talking about? I've been here all night. I've been here all night and not catch a single fish. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. And I wonder if it's the same with our churches. I wonder, in our church, we have have a church council, we have a board of trustees, we have the congregation who sits in the pews, But I wonder if someone came in off the street and told us that we were doing church wrong, how would we listen to them? Most likely, we'd we'd probably be prideful and we'd say, well, that's not what United Methodists do. What if they came in and said that we weren't we weren't operating a food pantry correctly. We weren't doing our, our, um, our thrift store correctly, or we weren't doing a rummage sale correctly, or this fundraiser dinner isn't a good idea. What if, what if someone came in and said, you know, you're not reaching out into the community outside of these walls correctly. I, I wonder if we would listen. I wonder if we would be prideful and not like the disciples and, and not listen to this person who came in and tried to give us another way of doing things. If instead we'd say, you know, we already have a decision-making tree and, and a body who makes these decisions, and, and we're, we're probably going to be a little bit more inside-focused. What if someone came to us and said, you know, I've never attended your church before, I've never sat in the pews, I've never listened to Pastor Jesse preach, but I think you're doing something wrong. 
would we listen to what they're saying? Would we be too proud to listen? The disciples were up all night. We've been in, in our church for, for years. These disciples were waiting and hoping and, and maybe praying for fish to come. And I wonder if, if the disciples had been a little bit more proud, if the disciples had been like I was when I used to work in, in computers and IT, if the disciples had been like I am today and, and just a little bit too proud to listen to someone else, how long would they have been fishing? How long would they be out in the sea waiting for fish to come before they listened to the stranger at the shore? One day? Two days? A week? A month? A year? How long have we, have we been in our churches? How long have we been in our pews? How long has it taken us? And, and are we listening for the outsider opinion? Are we listening for someone to teach us how to fish? Are we listening for someone to teach us how to be fishers of people? Let alone fishers of fish. And more importantly, what if the outsider who is telling us to listen, what if he was Jesus? And we just didn't recognize him. Because that's what's happening in the text this morning. The disciples had caught nothing. We're pretty sure that, that they didn't catch anything. They, they, they were probably checking their net every 10, 15 minutes. Where in the world are these fish? And this voice, this non-fisher, this non-expert, this person who, who wasn't in the boat, this person who wasn't even on the sea, he tells them that they are doing everything wrong. And the disciples listen. That's the amazing part. The disciples listen immediately when the voice coming from the shore that they don't know is Jesus. Immediately the voice says, why don't you try throwing your, your net over the other side of the boat? They listen immediately. They listen immediately. And, and I think, I think that that's an important lesson for us today. Because I think the church unfortunately and and i take ownership of this as a leader of the uh, of the church i think the church has been set adrift at sea i think the church is lost at sea i think the church is exactly where the disciples were at night no fish constantly worrying and, and wondering praying and 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 crying out to god wondering where in the world are these fish how come the fish aren't coming into the net I think the church is exactly in that place. How long have we questioned why are the pews so empty? How long have we questioned where are the folks that we want to minister to? How long have we questioned what is going on? And how long have we looked at society or we looked at sports or we looked at families and said, well, they're the ones who are at fault. The fish aren't, aren't coming into our net. And so the fish are the ones who are at fault. Not the fact that we put our net in on the wrong side of the boat. And so I think we are stuck at sea, adrift at sea, just like the disciples. We're grumbling over the fact that we haven't caught any fish. We're ignoring the voice on the edge of the sea. We're ignoring voices from outside of our boat. We're ignoring the risen Christ because this is the way we've always done it. We've always put our net on the left side of the boat. We wouldn't even imagine putting it on the right side of the boat. And so I wonder if it's time to listen. When the disciples finally listened, when they, they heard the voice and they put the net over to the other side of the boat, it says that the net became so full that it almost broke. 
153 large fish were in this net. The net was so large and, and so full it almost tore. And the disciples couldn't even lift the bag or lift the net of fish into the boat. The disciples had to strap the, the, the net of fish on the side of the boat, kind of like the old man in the sea, and strap it to the, to the side of the boat and row inland before Peter could come and drag the net full of fish onto the land. Once they finally listened, they, they no longer had an empty net on the left side of the boat. They had a net that was full of fish, so many more than they were expecting a God-sized miracle. That was only happening because of Jesus. A miracle that was all Jesus' work and grace and, and amazing power that, that everything that the disciples did had nothing to do with them and everything to do with Jesus. And so I wonder, what if it is our turn to listen? What if it is our turn to recognize that our net is empty? That our net on the left side of the boat is empty and we are being called to put our net on the right side of the boat. We are called to seek out the voices in our community, to engage and listen with those in our community, with those who are not attending our churches, with those who are not uh, putting money into the offering plate, with, with those who are our neighbors and, and the poor and the oppressed and the strangers in our community. Now is the time for us to listen to them and ask what should the church look like? What should the church look like? How, how can we share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ with those who are not coming into our buildings? Now is the time for us to listen to the man on the shore. Now is the time to listen for, for women and children and, and those who we, we have never seen in our church before. Now is the time to listen to them, to ask our neighbors, what can the church do? Who is the church and how can the church be in a community and, and provide life-giving uh, sustainability to a community? How can the church be involved in the community in such a way that, that when we close our doors that people are screaming out and crying because we've, we're no longer in their community? How can we not serve a community but instead engage with a community? Instead of, instead of ministering to a people, instead of me going into into town or into someone's home and, and me providing them a gift, how can we work alongside of people and say, what can we do and how can the church work with you? How can the church join hands and, and, and lift rocks and, and lift hammers and what can we do alongside of you, not what can we do for you? How can we move our net from the left side of the boat to the right side of the boat? How can we look at church and, and see it as a ministry with people and not for people. And before anyone thinks, oh, you know, there's just a pastor that wants people in the pews, I don't mean for people to come to worship on Sunday morning. I don't mean for, for people to donate money into the offering plate. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, how can the church actually make a difference in people's lives? How can we fulfill the mission that, that God has placed on our souls to go out and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to go out and make other people better. To go out and make people's lives better in the ways that they wish that their lives could be better. To, to give food to those who are hungry. To provide sustainable ways for, for them to, to feed themselves. To, to find jobs for those who want jobs. To, to find food for those who want food. To find, um, to find housing for those who need housing and want housing. How can we work with people? How can we listen to the voice that's outside of our sanctuaries? 
How can we listen to the voice of, of people we've never seen before and ask them what should the church look like for them? So this week, and I know we can't go door to door. I know we, we really should not. We're still social distancing. But I know that everyone, everyone who is hearing these words knows somebody who doesn't come to church. Knows somebody who is either hurt by church or, or just so out, just, just so far apart from the church that, that they don't know what's going on. And I, everybody has to engage in this mission. Everybody has to go out. And I'm asking you to reach out to your neighbors, reach out to the strangers, reach out to, to the poor in your community, reach out to those that, that need the message of Jesus Christ, that need the mission of the church, that need us to, to minister with them and ask, how can the church work with you? How can the church engage with you? We are dreaming big God-sized dreams, 153 fish in this net that the disciples couldn't even draw it into the boat. How can we dream God-sized dreams with, with our neighbors and with our strangers and with those in the community? How can we dream God-sized dreams in a way that we understand who the church is supposed to be in our communities? And so this we go. Listen for the voice at the side of the sea. Listen for the voice telling us that we're doing it wrong and we cannot be too prideful. We have to listen. We have to engage. We have to do ministry with people, not for people, not to people. So go and ask the questions. Write down the answers and email them to me. Call me. Talk to me. Um, write them down and, and dream God-sized dreams that we can figure out how we can serve our community, how we can serve our world, how we can serve those who need Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, help us, Lord, to recognize where we should throw our net. Help us, Lord, to recognize that, that just because we've always put our net to the left side of the boat, that this week we could put our net to the right side of the boat. Help us listen to the voices outside of the community, outside of the church. Help us listen to, vo to the voices of those who are excluded, for those who are oppressed, for those who are crying out. Lord, be with us. Be with us and give us strength as we go out in the boat and we have been paddling and fishing all night and we are tired and we are scared and we are, we are lonely. Lord, give us that strength that we may wake up in the morning and listen to the voice that has been outcast. Listen to the stranger. Listen to the voice that is not from our community. And let us be encouraged. And let us be strong enough to listen for, for those voices telling us what we are doing wrong. Lord, be with us. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for our complacency. Forgive us for the ways that we are... We are not standing up for justice. And we are not standing up in our world. And we are not standing up for those... Who need us. Forgive us for the ways that the church has been silent and the ways that the church has been complacent. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came and taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon this week. This has been a joint Broadway and Port Colton United Methodist Church process. My name is Pastor Jesse, the pastor of Broadway and Port Colton Churches. We hope you've had a great time listening today and have a blessed week as you go about your day. Please think about stopping in and joining us one Sunday. We'd be happy to have you. If you have any questions about the churches, about the message, or anything else that you can think of, please reach out to us at info at broadwaynj.org or info at portcoldenumc.org. Thank you and have a great day.